Hey everyone, David Bowden here. Before we start the show, we have a special announcement from the team here at Spoken Gospel. As we approach our summer film block, we're filming our final introductions for our whole project on the Bible, including books of the Bible like the book of Revelation and Chronicles, and it's going to be an amazing time. And we are almost finished funding our need for this film block, and we have about $30,000 left to cross the finish line. And we are asking you, our podcast listeners, to help make this possible. So please consider supporting our mission by visiting the Spoken Gospel website, clicking on donate and contributing what you can. Whether you choose to donate once or monthly, we're so grateful for your support. Okay, now on with the show. Welcome to the Spoken Gospel podcast. Spoken Gospel is a ministry that's dedicated to speaking the gospel out of every corner of scripture. In Luke 24, Jesus told his disciples that every part of the Bible was about him. So each week, hosts David and Seth work through a passage of scripture to see how it's all about Jesus and his good news. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everyone to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. We're in Habakkuk today. Habakkuk. How are you feeling about, about that, Seth? Conflicted on the pronunciation. Habakkuk? Habakkuk? Habakkuk. Habakkuk. That's, and I go back and forth, so I apologize in yeah. advance for my inconsistency. We'll just, we'll just flip-flop. We'll flip-flop. Yeah. And in so doing, we'll please everyone with our pronunciations. I've always heard a good flip-flopper is the best <laughs> way to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so talk to me about Habakkuk, like on a on an introductory level. What sets this book apart? Why should I be excited about today's episode? All that kind of stuff. So the book of Habakkuk is really interesting within Scripture because it asks God's God a really blunt question. Yeah, it says, "God, if you're good, why do you tolerate evil?" Yeah, good question. Good question. And then God response is, "Well, don't worry. I'm going to send." more evil people to judge the evil people you see. And then Habakkuk goes, God, you haven't really answered my question. In fact, you've made the matter worse. You've made the, how can you be good and use evil to judge evil? Yeah, it is interesting. That, so that's what... That's what the book of Habakkuk yeah. is doing so in our Bible. if you're interested in that question, that's stick what around. That's what we're doing here. But yeah. let's zoom out a little bit. Yes, okay. The book of Habakkuk, mm -hmm. Habakkuk, is part of the 12 minor prophets yes. within scripture. So who are the 12 minor prophets and what are they doing in our Bible? Mm. Is that a question, a question for question me? for you, David? I mean, they are um, prophets, not minor in significance. They just, their their Short. oracles are just shorter than yeah. the major ones who just went on and on. No. Uh, and they are sprinkled throughout Israel's history in different mm -hmm. moments in time, uh, usually um, giving some kind of word about um, what is soon going to happen to Israel or around Israel because of most of the time injustice within Israel. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And what is a prophet? Uh, I mean, it, that's a that's a loaded <laughs> question. Uh, a prophecy prophet, is a giant. Yeah, it's a giant part category of our scriptures, and yeah. it's really important to understand. What yeah. So I mean, are. in one way, uh, one way to talk about prophecy is it's a human report of divine revelation. Okay. God said it to a prophet, and the prophet repeats it, is one way to talk about it. And so in the context of most of the prophets, they see the injustice within Israel, generally, but broadly in the world. And then God reports through that prophet 
what Israel's doing wrong and how to correct it. Yeah, I would say um, that's that's that, that's getting closer to the other way I would talk about prophecy, yeah. which is um, a prophet is someone who see uh, enabled by God. They're enabled by God to see the world the way God sees it. And okay. so um, sometimes that comes about uh, through like, and the word of the Lord came to mm-hmm. X person. And to me, that sounds like God showed up and said, here's some words I want you to say to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other times it's presented kind of like in Habakkuk as a vision or a portent or an oracle or a burden. Yeah. And you can almost see Habakkuk's eyes just kind of opening up mm-hmm. and seeing his historical situation with God's eyes and going, oh, this is bad, and starting to talk mm-hmm. about it, yeah, in a divinely inspired way. That was pro- you just used the word burden and oracle side by side, and that was actually the, one of the most helpful things that I figured out while I was studying the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk opens with the oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. Yeah, and so when I think of oracles, I think of something like mystical from like Greek mythology. Like that's the first right. thing I think of. I also don't think of an oracle as something you see. Yeah, I think of an oracle as something you hear. Yeah, yeah. Like a an oracle is a a, a word or a, like a, a right saying about the future, but the word oracle just means like burden, yeah, or weight, yeah. And like I grew up in like fairly charismatic churches, and I just thought like, oh, we use the word like impression, yes. like something pressing yeah, on us. I just have a burden des- on my heart for X Y Z. Yeah, to describe like what the Holy Spirit's doing in yeah. people. So I think it's interesting here. Is it kind of like it almost immediately humanized Habakkuk? To yes. Me. So he's watching Israel's corruption over the course of his lifetime. And he has this growing, deepening weight and burden laid mm. up on his heart. And he's like, I think what's happening in this moment is this. Yeah. And he's sharing that with the nation. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. He's, yeah. He looked around and saw something that put a burden on his heart. Yeah. And that'd be the most human way to say it. Yeah. I think the there's probably a, especially because he does see like a, a vision and hear the words mm-hmm. of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Another way to kind of like over-spiritualize it would be like he's walking around one day and then boom, overlaid on his reality, like augmented reality is yeah, yeah. a vision from the Lord, right. mystical experience that shows him the real deal, what's going on. And it's probably some kind of blend of the two. Yeah. He's reading the newspapers of the day yeah. and then God's like, what I'm really up to, Babylon isn't just growing in power which we'll get to in yes. a second. Babylon's coming to judge Israel for their sins, which no politician in Israel was saying was talking today, about. Yeah. but as the carrier of God's word, the prophet Habakkuk is. Okay. So, so starting then at the top of Habakkuk, we have um, the primary problem that, that he has and that he's looking around and seeing the burden on his heart mm-hmm. is, man, Israel's evil. Yeah, like my people are so bad. Mm-hmm. Like your 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 word isn't being accomplished. The law isn't being obeyed. Justice isn't being done, whether inside Israel or outside Israel. Like we're supposed to be a light to the nations. None of this mm-hmm. is happening. It's so much evil. God, why aren't you doing anything about it? That's right. So let me just read you a couple of verses from Habakkuk. Habakkuk one two. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and will you not hear? Or how long shall I cry to you violence and will you not save? Why do you make me see iniquity and why do you look so idly at wrong? Yeah, he's sitting there going like, okay, I know I'm not God, but I'm looking around and I can see with my own human eyes that people are really messed up. Yeah. You have perfect God eyes. You can see everything mm-hmm. and yet it seems like you're looking at it and you don't care. Yeah. So that that's kind of 
the issue at hand. Yeah. Israel has fallen into just deep injustice. Right. Um, we don't quite know when Habakkuk was written. Right. There's some hints. There's some hints. We're, we're about to be told that Babylon is co- coming to destroy Israel for mm-hmm. their injustice. And so if that's the immediate context. Yes. And they're called the Chaldeans in this mm-hmm. context, which was an earlier name for the Babylonians before they continue to grow and formalize. So that also places it and maybe in so, an earlier time. Second Kings 24 is the re- reign of King Jehoiakim. Mm-hmm. And he's the king under which Babylon invades for the first time. And here is 2 Kings 24 talking about the time around which it seems likely that Habakkuk was alive. Mm. The Lord sent Babylonian, Aramean, Moabite, and Ammonite raiders against him to destroy Judah, or the southern capital of Israel, in accordance with the word of the Lord proclaimed by his servants, the prophets, presumably, presumably Habakkuk. Yeah. Surely these things happened to Judah according to the Lord's command in order to remove them from his presence because of the sins of Manasseh and all he had done, including the shedding of innocent blood. For he had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, and the Lord was not willing to forgive it. Okay, so Israel has filled the land with innocent blood. Mm -hmm. Their their sins have gotten so out of control Mm -hmm. that the Lord would not forgive it. He had to come and punish it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Verse 3 says, says, destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arises as Habakkuk again. So the law is paralyzed, and justice never goes forth. The wicked surround the righteous, and justice is perverted. So Habakkuk's assessment of Israel, that it's an entirely morally corrupt state, the way it continues to gain in wealth and power is on the backs of the innocent and by killing those that disagree with the monarchy. Right. And you can imagine Habakkuk looking around at all of this with prophetic eyes and just you, you can resonate with his, mm-hmm. his Why plea. are you letting this happen to yeah. your people, God? Right. This is Israel was supposed to be what's called a theocracy. Like a right. people ruled and governed by mm-hmm. the theos, God. Yeah. Not a democracy, not a monarchy, a theocracy where God was in charge. And God in Habakkuk's charge is mismanaging his kingdom. Because yeah. he's leaving all this stuff unpunished. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, okay, God, so what are you going to do about this? Mm-hmm. And God's answer does not help the problem in Habakkuk's eyes. Yeah, he says in verse 5, look among uh, the nations and see wonder and be astounded. Now, there's a textual variant here, which is actually fairly interesting. So look among the nations could be look among Babylon to see where the solution will lie. Mm-hmm. Or it could be like one final jab at Israel's le- leaders. So look among the treacherous ones or the scoffers or the mockers. And this is actually how the New Testament uses this passage Mm. in Acts 13, 41, when Paul is preaching in the synagogues in uh, preaching the synagogues and preaching about the gospel and they kick him out. But some people want to hear, he quotes the Habakkuk 1, 5 at them Mm. and said, look among the scoffers and see what God is, what God is up to calling the Jews of his day, the scoffers of Habakkuk's day. So there's, there's textual evidence to suggest that this is another reference to the inhumanity of Jerusalem. Interesting. Okay. Or of Israel. Because he's going to do, so he's telling them to look at the nations or the scoffers because he's about to do something today that Mm -hmm. he's never done before. And verse six is, you know, is the, the plunge of the knife for behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans or the Babylonians, that bitter and hasty nation. They're going to march against you, seize your dwellings, and just completely overwhelm Mm -hmm. you. And so he's like, okay, here's the deal. You say that I have left sin unpunished in my kingdom? No longer. Don't worry. I'm going to do something. I'm going to raise up an evil nation 
to come against you and punish mm-hmm. your wickedness. See, I'm not doing anything. I, I'm not. I'm not idle anymore, as you accuse I'm me. I'm going Habakkuk. to judge evil. I'm, I'm going to judge it. evil. I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring Babylon to judge the evil of Israel. <laughs> and then Habakkuk goes, "Hold on, wait a second. You're going to use evil people to judge." You're righteous people? Like, I know we're not perfect, but, like, we're not as bad as the Babylonians. You seem to make the problem worse for yourself, God. <laughs> so, so I mean, this is the this is the crux of, of, of Habakkuk when it comes to, like, it's a very unique contribution is, like, this question is, like, how, why can God mm-hmm. use evil to accomplish his purposes? Mm-hmm. Here's how Habakkuk acts. Habakkuk acts. Habakkuk acts. This is how he acts. acts. Oh, <laughs> how Habakkuk Asks it in verse 13. There we go. You who are purer of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? So he's saying, how can you be the God who's holy and good and only look on good things, look on evil long enough to see it swallow up people who are less evil than them. Yeah. Why do you let bad things happen to good people? Mm-hmm. Or even just less good than less those good people. Less good than the people who are doing right. the bad. Because he already said Israel is bad. Yeah. But the Babylonians are worse. Real bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the question that he poses to God. Um, and, and he even like doubles down on it with this metaphor and like this visual picture about fish. He does. Yeah. Can, can you explain that? So he's, let me just read you a couple okay. verses. You made mankind like the fish of the sea and like crawling things that have no ruler. And he, meaning the ruler of Babylon, mm-hmm. brings all of them up with his hook and he drags them all out with his net, nest, uh, net and he gathers them into his dragnet. And so he rejoices and is glad. So he's saying, God, you're making all the people like these leaderless fish. And they're being swallowed up by this giant empire, Babylon. Yeah, you think about fish. They swim around the sea. Whenever a fisherman's net drops in the sea, it's not like some giant... It's not like King Triton pops out of nowhere and is like, No, you will not steal these fish from the ocean. They belong to me or King Neptune or Aquaman. Yeah. You know, they don't have a defender. They're fish. Right. It's like... It's the reason why, like... I mean, mm-hmm. you teach a man to fish. It's pretty easy. It's right. fish in a barrel. Yeah, it's pretty easy. <laughs> You're making us like easy prey. Mm-hmm. And the king of Babylon is just going to swoop and take us up. And that you're okay with that? And then he ends He ends that by saying, by saying is this just going to happen forever? Yeah. Like, is he then going to keep on emptying his net and filling it up again and mercilessly killing nations forever? Is that your solution right. to the problem of evil within Israel? You're just going to like let uh, like make a Thanos? Yeah, right, right. Make... <laughs> More evil and evil nations just come and devour other evil nations. Yes. And so let me just say something here as well. So I think what he's saying isn't just one version of it, which is Babylon will come to destroy Israel's evil. Mm -hmm. He's also saying like he's putting it in perpetuity. He's like, so who's the next superpower that's going to come up and swallow Babylon? Just a more evil power. Right. And then that evil power is going to be come up against another evil power. And is evil just going to eat evil and be supplanted by evil over and over and over again? Is that your solution to the injustice of Israel? Because think about it. You have, that is their situation. They've, they like, they've been attacked by an evil empire, Assyria. Mm-hmm. And Assyria is finally going to be reined in by Babylon, Babylon, but now Babylon's there, and they're going to come. And, and then, then who's going to supplant them? Who's the, going to Syrians? And, right. You know, it's going to keep going because you think about it. It's like if God uses evil to judge evil. So you have like this evil thing, like mm-hmm. Israel. You have evil in Israel, and God uses an evil nation, Babylon, to come and wipe Israel out. What's left in Israel? Evil. Evil. Right. The evil of Babylon. Right. So like, 
You're judging <laughs> one person's evil and you're wiping it out. Good. Right. The evil of Israel's leaders will no longer build their cities on the blood of the innocent. Good good news. Good news. But Babylon's going to build an empire that does exactly the same thing. Bad news. Bad news. Yeah. So like, how is this a solution? Which is exactly what he says in yes. 2 verse 1. So I'm going to stand right here in my watchtower, God. <laughs> I'm going to station myself right here and I am going to look out and see and wait for what you will say to me and I will wait for your answer to my complaint. I love that he calls it his complaint. He's like, I'm complaining about... I'm complaining. About- I'm going to sit here until you give me an answer. Right. Because, <laughs> because, I mean, God's people are on the line. Yes. Right? And, and God's character. God's character is on the line. Yes. Yeah. So we talked about the beginning brings up the issue of the theocracy. Yeah. Uh, and, and I got this from uh, David Helm did a podcast with mm-hmm. Nancy Guthrie on Help Me Teach the Bible, which is a great podcast. Yeah. You can find it on version, Bible or, app. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And uh, yeah, anywhere. And uh, he talks about how the beginning is a theocracy problem. Like, like the, God, the, the your peop- people have abandoned your rules right. under your care. God's government is broken. Is broken. Then what we've just walked through is the theodicy problem, which is a fancy $10 word to say um, whenever God's goodness or God's justice is on the line. When we have an issue with the way God's managing his universe, it's a theodicy issue. Right. So the first section of, of Habakkuk is about God's theoc- theocracy. And God says, I'll fix my theocracy by sending evil. Which creates a theodicy problem. Which is like, if you do that, you are implicated in evil yourself, God. That's right. How can that be the case? And then God answers that question with what's called a theodicy, which is an appearance of God. So a, th- a theophany. A theophany. So sorry. A the- yes, yeah, a theophany, yeah. which is an appearance of God. Which is a really fun way yeah. to string three $10 theological it words <laughs> together really in a sentence, but also achieve alliteration. Yes. Theocracy, theodicy, theophany. theophany. <laughs> and chapter three is the theophany, because yes. God appears. Yes. So anyway, Bright light it's just fun. I couldn't I couldn't pass up stealing could, that from David Helm because it it's uh, just too good. It's a great little thing. Yes. So God is about to answer the theodicy problem. Yes. Or is he? Or is he? <laughs> or is he? Yes. So, okay. Uh, so, I mean, should we stop here and, and kind of ask this? Can we contextualize this question a little bit for ourselves? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Normally, when I think about unjust nations or unjust people people who have forgotten God's law, people who make a mockery of justice, I think about the world around me. Mm, right. I think about the politics of our time, the politics of other nations. I think about... Hollywood. Hollywood. Habakkuk is not talking about any of those. No. He's talking about God's people. And so for us, God's people are his church. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fair to say that throughout the world throughout evangelicalism, throughout whatever tradition you're a Mm -hmm. part of, justice has gone overlooked, success is built on the back of the abused, Mm -hmm. and people are taken advantage of so others might get ahead. Right. And and, and the church has not been lacking prophets like Habakkuk who have looked into the church Mm -hmm. and gone like, really? This is your people? Yeah. Are you just going to sit by and let your church represent you like this? Right. There's so much evil inside of the quote-unquote church. Right. But the history of the church, though, is they don't listen to prophets like that, right? (laughs) Yes. And so what has to happen? Somebody on the outside has to judge the hypocrisy of the church on the inside. The evil evil empires, like Babylon, have to be used by God to judge the should-be, would-be righteous inside the church. I think a good example of this was like the Me Too movement. Sure. Something that started in Hollywood with the abuse of women by 
several Hollywood executives. Yeah. And a lot of women start calling out, me too. I've yeah. been abused by these men's, men in power. I've been abused by these men in power. And this started a whole series of similar revelations within the church. Yes. Women saying they were abused by their pastors. The Catholic tradition had a ton of this happening around children with their mm-hmm. priests. And it wasn't until Hollywood spoke up right. that the church started to react. Yes. Babylon started rebuking the people of God. Right. And a lot of people within the church were mad that Babylon could even speak to the church. Right. Why, why are we talking about the Me Too movement here inside church? That's a Twitter thing. That's a Twitter thing. That's not a gospel issue. Let's preach the gospel here and let that be on the outside. Right. It's like, no, God maybe is using, like he did in Habakkuk's day, mm-hmm. Babylon to yes. rebuke his people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an example of what we're talking mm-hmm. about. And I think even more contextually for Habakkuk, if the time period is Jehoiakim, mm. like it is the political enmeshment of God's people with the nations of Babylon, Assyria, and Egypt that leads to their judgment by Babylon. Mm. So remember when Babylon comes to the gates of Jerusalem, when King Hezekiah is oh, in power. Yeah, when Assyria comes. When, when Assyria comes, yeah. the gates of uh, Hezekiah, when Hezekiah is in power, this is a little bit before mm-hmm. Jehoiakim, he has made all these illicit deals with Babylon and with Egypt to protect them from Assyria. Yeah, he's making all these political alliances. And then uh, Assyria comes and says, I've destroyed all your allies. Yep. We're the most powerful people in town. And you think your trust in those nations can protect you now? You now and now you're conveniently saying you're going to trust in your God. No, your God has always been politics, yeah. and it's not going to help you in, in this moment. Right, and so that's again Assyria through like Sennacherib and all those people mm-hmm. are coming as a mouthpiece of God against Israel's trust in politics. That's right. It happens. It happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it happens all the time, and God God uses Syria this way, you know, during the exile. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, he just goes on and on. God's not afraid to use the evil of this world to bring about good. He's not, but that still has the issue. The, the issue. theodicy issue still the, exists. So the theodicy is all those examples we've just named. Right. The people of God's enmeshment with the political powers of today, the Hollywood rebuking the church. Yeah. So you're saying God is using the evils of Hollywood yeah. and the political left and the political right to judge the people of God under God's law. And Habakkuk says, Yes. Yes. Yeah. And the, but the question is, is that right? Is yeah. God allowed to do that? I remember thinking this when we were in Samuel and um, Saul goes to a necromancer, the witch of Endor. Oh, yeah. And raises the spirit of Samuel from the dead. And like actually Samuel shows up from beyond the realm of the dead through mm-hmm. a witch and talks to Saul. And I'm like, is this okay? Like, is God allowed like to... Like, God said no witchcraft. Is God allowed to use witchcraft to like, prove witches wrong? Like, like, to prove Saul yeah. wrong? It's like, he just did he just break his own law? What's happening here? It's like, didn't he say he won't, like, he can't be around evil nations, and yet he's going to use evil nations? That's what Habakkuk is frustrated with and confused yep. by. And so he sits down on his watchtower and he says, give me an answer. I'm going to sit right here until you do. So what is God's answer to the problem of God using evil? Whoa. Whoa, hold on. No, I'm just kidding. That's, my, that's his answer. It's, it's, whoa. It's whoa. 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 He said, well, God says, okay, 
uh, Habakkuk. I want you to get a piece of paper out yep. and I want you to draw in really big letters <laughs> because I want people even running by the walls to be able to read my answer to the problem of me using evil. Yes. So I got excited. Like, oh, God's oh, going to give me a big old easy to see answer. The theodicy problem will be solved. Yeah. So and, much so that like if I was in a marathon running by, you know, people like hold up signs like, go, go, you can do it. You're doing yeah. so good. Those are like On the mile size 14, signs. I'm like exhausted, but I'm still going to be able to understand the problem of evil in the world. Woo. That's what I'm, I'm excited. Ex I'm excited about. Okay. And he He's says, like, yeah. I want to give you a vision. Yep. That's going to come at its appointed time and it will come at its appointed yeah so time. wait for it wait for it yeah it's not going to delay it's going to happen if it seems like it's not happening yet keep waiting <laughs> and here's the answer in verse four behold his soul is arrogant or popped up the king of babylon's soul is popped up mm -hmm. it is not upright within him but the righteous shall live by faith mm -hmm. this is one of the most famous passages yep. in all of scripture it gets quoted in the new testament and so the question I immediately have is, by his faith in what? Right. And what it seems to be saying is the answer to the problem of evil will be bound up by Habakkuk's faith in the vision he's about to receive. Okay. So the problem of evil is by trusting a vision. So does that make sense? I was like, that I, was like... I think so. I was like, I was like that, was, that was a big move for me. It was like, okay, the righteous shall live by faith is in the context of... A vision. Of a vision. And say, God, I'm about to give it to you. I'm about to give it to you. The righteous people, the people that will remain in Israel faithful after Babylon has come, will live by trusting this vision. And and conversely, mm -hmm. the wicked will not. That's Why? Because right. they don't they don't think they need a vision because their souls are puffed up and not upright. They, they're right. arrogant. They don't need me to tell. They don't need me to give them the solution. They think they are the solution. That's right. And so it's the the righteous ones are the ones who are going to have faith in this thing I'm about to show you. Yes. And I think it's helpful to stop here and say faith mm -hmm. is, is, a, is a tricky word. It is a tricky Number word. Number one, because it's just so loaded for those of us who grew up in Christianity. Yeah, it <laughs> almost has no meaning it anymore. It almost has no meaning anymore because it can mean like belief mm -hmm. in in something believe in an idea right. or a set of truths right it can mean trust like having faith in a chair so i sit down in it and trust it mm -hmm. but it can also mean like faithfulness which is is a is one of the ways that if you like have an esv at least mine is footnoted that it could mean faithfulness mm -hmm. and so faithfulness is like a posture of steadfast perseverance mm -hmm. that you're remaining faithful to god in the midst of whatever Right, and I think that last meaning might be the primary meaning that Habakkuk means here. The yeah. righteous will live by patient endurance through this vision. Yes. So yes. And so, uh, just to prove that point, later on in Habakkuk, at the very end of Habakkuk, he doesn't use the word faith, but he says, "I will quietly wait." Yes. For the day of trouble to come upon the people who will invade us, which is. Spoiler alert, the vision that we're about yeah. to receive. <laughs> um, yeah. So patient waiting, mm -hmm. patient endurance yep. is faith. Yep. And, and, and like to go ahead and just lay it all out there. Yeah. Patient endurance might be the answer to the problem of evil. Yeah. <laughs> so God, so let's, just, let's go ahead and say what. What yeah. the vision is. Okay, so here's the vision. Go the for vision it. is a series of woes against Babylon, mm -hmm. prophesying that Babylon's evil will be judged someday soon. 
Yes. And he gives very specific reasons why Babylon will be judged in a series of five woes. But just to pause right there for a second, how do the righteous live? The righteous live by patiently enduring the justice that will come against evil nations. You, the righteous must live through yes. a period of judgment against evil nations that they're a part of, mm-hmm. complicit of, trapped in, mm-hmm. enslaved by. But the righteous live by patiently waiting until evil is destroyed. Yes. That is faith. Right. Patiently waiting until evil is destroyed. Yes. And the vision is that God will des- God is coming to destroy evil with mm-hmm. Babylon, but the vision he sees is that Babylon will be destroyed. Yes. Yes. But like I think it it begs that question that you you brought up earlier where it's like okay so is Babylon going to be stro- be destroyed by a newer badder nation? Right. And evil will just continually multiply mm-hmm. so that it can beat itself and then grow more mm-hmm. hideous and beat itself and grow more hideous. Is this the cycle that we're on here? Yeah. And I think God says no because ultimately it's not evil that will take over the world. Mm-hmm. But all evil will end up being brought to nothing. Verse thirteen, it will it will be brought to fire and and be made naught. It mm-hmm. will be brought to nothing. Uh, that's what the whole world is tearing for, working for, toiling mm-hmm. at. No matter what empires they build, no matter how big Babylon gets, mm-hmm. it'll be brought to nothing. What you're saying is the vision is detailing the fact that these evil nations will be judged until there's no evil left until to judge. Until there's no evil left to judge, because then what's left then, mm-hmm. so what fills the earth? If, if it's not evil empires judging evil empires over and over again until they fill mm-hmm. the earth, what is the vision of the future that we should have? It's the, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, mm-hmm. verse 14. For the earth will be filled, not with a bunch of evil empires, mm-hmm. but with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So the vision is a evil empire's being finally judged and then God's glory resting over the entire world. Justice yes. finally reigning. Right. And I think it's important, we, we're bringing up this this picture, this image. Um, I think it's important to, to pull in a little bit of um, Habakkuk's prayer from chapter 3, mm-hmm. where he's going to talk about God judging the sea and the rivers mm-hmm. because these were these like chaotic Canaanite gods that get mm-hmm. mentioned and picked up in the very beginning of the Bible yep. when the spirits hovering over the face of the waters. There's this chaos and wickedness mm-hmm. and violence that covers the earth that were in a lot of early Canaanite mythologies about how the world was made. Yeah. And God is saying that that now those Canaanite mm. monsters, right. those chaotic water gods are like Babylon and Assyria. They're mm. just, you know, swallowing up empires. Right, 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 right. And God, but God's I using see. them and reining them in. And then eventually what's going to happen mm. is God's glory is going to cover the world like the sea. No longer will the chaotic monsters of the gods yes. cover the world. No longer will the chaotic monsters of Assyria and Babylon cover the world. But the waters of God's glory and peace will cover the world. That's right. And like the water will cover the world. You know, mm. but that water will be a peace and knowledge of God and mm. his glory. And so like all tumult, yeah, all waves will cease to crash and okay. God will bring peace to the world. So like, that's his vision. The theodicy God offers is, okay, God, why are you using evil to judge evil if you are good? Mm-hmm. And God says, do not worry. I'm using evil to judge evil. Until there's no evil left to judge. Yes. And all that's left is justice in my name. Yes, because 
and, and what he what he does in mm-hmm. this in this vision is he he constantly uses this idea that uh, the things that that Babylon used to hurt Israel mm-hmm. will be used to hurt Babylon. That there's a proportionate and ironic justice mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. if Babylon uses arrows, yeah, that then arrows will be used against Babylon. That's the idea. Yeah. Because think about this problem we keep setting up. That one evil empire emerges, and so a bigger, badder evil, evil, evil empire comes to mm-hmm. defeat it. Well, if you actually take that mental exercise infinitum, what happens is evil will end up eating its own tail. Yeah, Evil will self-destruct, Yeah, and it will all collapse in on itself. And so mm-hmm. it's almost the fated end of the world is that evil will destroy itself until there's nothing left. Yeah, I'm not saying God's just sitting back doing nothing, waiting for evil to destroy itself. He's using it and working in it. But that's the answer. But that's the answer. Is that ultimately evil will be no more. Habakkuk, don't worry about me using evil because I'm using evil to wipe out evil forever. Yes, I'm using evil ironically to destroy evil. And that's the, and so for, for for me, I'm like, that's a good answer. Yeah. It's not all the answer I want. It's not good enough to put on a marathon billboard? I'm like, yeah, if I read that by on my marathon, I'm Don't like, worry, God's using evil to destroy evil. You're like, cool. And I'm then, a, I can and one day, I can finish the everything race. will be justice. I'm like, okay, that's good. I like that answer. What's, uh, what's missing for you? I mean, but isn't, how's God good in that? Right? Like, like there's all that, mm. like, it's like, that is an answer. I have, okay, God is powerful enough to use evil to eat its own tail and establish his reign of justice once it's all said mm-hmm. and done. And by faith in that vision, I will remain. Okay. I think I can patiently endure under the evil empires of the world until yeah. that day, but it doesn't solve all the philosophical problems I have, or, you know, like the emotional problems I have with mm-hmm. that. Um, and so I kind of want more, but I also find myself like catching myself. I'm mm-hmm. like, God, Habakkuk, asked the question very bluntly yeah in a situation that was far more dire than my own sure and this was the answer god gave habakkuk as his his word on the matter Mm -hmm. it's like i'm gonna give you this one answer because there's more answers there's more answers yeah but this is the one that he's decided to give habakkuk and so part of me also feels like i want to be satisfied with the answer that the righteous will live by faith that evil is coming to an end soon right oh because we need to circle back to that yeah that that's not the end of the answer. The end of the answer is not just that God will end up using evil to destroy all evil until no evil is left. Right. But also that the righteous will have faith that that is true. Yeah. And like so, right. and the arrogant puff themselves up and say that's not enough. Right. That's what I'm feeling. I'm yeah. feeling like, oh, that's an answer. I didn't mean to call you arrogant. Oh, I mean, we all know it's true. <laughs> but like that's what I'm that's what I'm feeling. I'm like, yeah. okay, I need to patiently endure yeah i need to patiently endure evil until it's over yeah and i not knowing when that will happen right or i also need to patiently endure my own like hang-ups with this answer right like i need to patiently endure the revelation of full knowledge because like it's the knowledge of god Mm -hmm. and his glory will cover the earth eventually we'll we'll know how all this works out and all of our philosophical quandaries will be satiated. Yeah. <laughs> but right now, we have to even patiently endure our own mm-hmm. ignorance. Yeah. The way that I wrote it in the devotional, I was like, no answer fully explains God's toleration of evil, 
But it's significant that God doesn't say that the righteous live by satisfied curiosity mm. or answered question. They live by trusting, by patiently enduring that God will make things right soon. Mm. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel myself like, okay, that's actually a bigger ask than I thought it would be. Does that make sense? Like yeah, to totally. patiently endure the current evil of the world until it ends yeah. is a harder ask than here's all the answers that your curiosity demands. So as I've been thinking about your question about like, is that a, a good enough answer? You know, like you kind of wanted more. Like, no. uh, like, okay, all evil will be done away with. That's good. God's using evil to destroy evil till all evil is gone. That's good. But like, it's good, but I still just feel like there is a little bit more I want. And I feel like Habakkuk kind of agrees with you because he then goes on to pray in response to this vision and ask God for a theophany. And we talked mm. about this. He wants God to just show up. It kind of is like he wants yeah. God to just like stop working behind the scenes and stop just moving nations to That's do right. stuff and just like come like he did in the Exodus. Yeah, Gen uh, Habakkuk 3 is filled with references to Exodus, Egypt, the plagues. The plagues. Yeah, because in that in that story, it wasn't like, and so to free e Israel from Egypt, God raised up the powerful nation of XYZ and brought them in. No, God just showed, showed up. up like ex Nilo and just right. brought plagues and freed yeah. his people. And he's like, can you just do that? Mm. And, and like to yeah. solve the, the initial problem, your, your people have forgot your law. He also references like Mount Sinai mm -hmm. and how God showed up on Mount Sinai and gave them a right. new law and made Israel right. his people. I know you can just show up and do stuff. Mm. What's amazing is at the end of this prayer, he knows that it's Babylon that's coming yeah. and he's willing to patiently wait for that to wash over him. Yeah. So like he, it, it, it's he's longing for something, but consigns himself to know as a prophet yeah. that Babylon is going to come and wipe us out, and I'm going to have to patiently endure that with the faith that'll come out the other side. He becomes an example of the faith that he tells us to live by. Yes, it's like, exactly okay, right. I know you will show up one day, mm -hmm. but I know I have to endure right now. Yeah, Habakkuk doesn't really get what he asks for. But we do. But we do. In Jesus. <laughs> yes. Jesus is the theophany that fixes the theodicy to write the theocracy. <laughs> I just had to do okay, it. Okay. Baptist I, David came I, out for a second. I had to do it. <laughs> it wasn't planned. $10 word Baptist David <laughs> has come out. You got all the alliteration in, in a row. But it is cool, right? The idea yes. here is that, that Habakkuk wanted God to just show up and deal with the problem of evil forever. Mm -hmm. And in Jesus, he does. Jesus is the ultimate theophany, the revelation, the showing up mm -hmm. of God in the flesh yeah. in order to deal with the problem of evil once and for all. But what's amazing is he uses the same Habakkuk strategy to pull it off. Right. He doesn't just come and just go step on Caesar's head. Right. Right. That's what, every, that's what all the Israelites wanted him to do. They were going to make him king by force and use his magic powers to overthrow the Roman government. That's that right. was their idea. They were like all with Habakkuk's theophany idea. Mm -hmm. But Jesus is like, I'm still going to use the same wise strategy that I used back when Babylon was taking over Israel. Yeah. Ex but instead of using Babylon, I'm going to use the new wicked world yeah. empire, Rome. Yeah, but before he repeats the Habakkuk strategy yes. of being judged, like being overwhelmed by evil first, 
He also does everything Habakkuk asks for. Mm. Habakkuk wants God to show up like with the splendor of heavens and brightness of light come out of his hands. Mm. He does that at the Mount of Transfiguration. Yeah. He wants um, plagues to come from God. Jesus reverses that and heals plagues. Mm. Like a plague, he brings healing. Like, yeah. He's like the opposite of a plague. He... Um, he does war, war with the, the sea monsters. He does war with the sea monsters in the chaotic waters of the Sea of Galilee by walking on top of them. When he, And then when, to your point, we expect him to take a throne, yeah. he dies at the power of Rome, mm-hmm. but the next theophanies happen. Habakkuk wants the mountains to shake mm. and the sky to be darkened. That happens at Jesus' death. That happens at Jesus' death. He, mm. he, and then verse 13, you went out for the salvation of your people and the salvation of your anointed, and you crushed the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. And the next verse talks about you pierced with his own arrows, the heads of his warriors. Mm. The reason I just quote all that is to, you have the salvation of the anointed that's been crushed. You have the crushing of a head, which is really old language from the book of Genesis to talk about the ultimate defeat of Satan and evil, yep. and then the skewering of the head of, a, of an empire, mm-hmm. right in quick succession. Right. So you have Jesus dying in the middle of a theophany, mm-hmm. repeating the pattern that Habakkuk has given us, that evil will overwhelm evil, but this time evil is overwhelming good. Good. It's like the it, Habakkuk's question of like, why are you why are you sitting idly by as wicked nations destroy those more righteous than they are? Yes. But this time he's infinitely more righteous. He's right. perfect. Why did God say you have a theodicy issue? Mm. Take it up with the cross. Right. <laughs> like, why would God sit, quote unquote, idly by yeah. whenever the wickedness of Rome overtook the only truly perfectly righteous one? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's right. that's a theodicy issue, which I know like a lot of non Christians Right, would bring that up. And what's interesting, I'm thinking, as, as you're saying all this, like the problem has been evil nation devours evil nation, devours evil nation, devours evil nation, yes. and leaves behind it the More same evil. evil that it it left behind, that it right. destroyed. That's all they are. It's, uh, it replaced oppression with new oppression, replaced yes. slavery with new slavery, yes. plus greed with new greed. So what happens then when you have someone who enters into that cycle like Jesus? Mm-hmm. God shows up right. as the king of a depraved Israel. Yeah. So God's acting like a king of Israel, right? But all his people are equally as corrupt as they are, as Habakkuk describes. But he's a righteous king of an unrighteous people. Yeah. So, it, But what happens then when another evil army... Swallows him up. Swallows an unrighteous people, but a righteous king. Right. It's a wrench in the spokes. It it's grinds like, oh, the gears. This the, is... The this system is, breaks. The system breaks. Yes. And so... What happens is Jesus is lift is resurrected from the dead, mm-hmm. just like Israel was resurrected from exile. Yes, he's given a name and authority above all nations and empires because he faithfully persevered. Right, he he endured through yep. the evil endurance. And now, what we could expect is okay. Now Jesus has been given authority over all the evil nations of the earth. Will he be like all the other nations of the earth? Will he be evil again? He oh, has all the power right. now. He has all the power now. Usually everybody has all the power, becomes evil. Becomes evil. But will Jesus? Yeah. And then, no, he rules with equity and justice and perfection. And so then when he comes 
again, on the final day of judgment, it's not Babylon or mm-hmm. Syria or Rome or Syria or some evil empire. Mm-hmm. It's the kingdom of heaven. It's, it's the kingdom, kingdom of, God. of heaven comes, judges evil, and what's left? Good. Good. For the first time. For the first time when evil is judged, because it's judged by a perfect kingdom, all that's left is good. And what happens? God's The knowledge of the glory of God covers the earth as water covers the sea. Because mm-hmm. the only kingdom left is Jesus's. Yeah. So let me let me say that again. I, this is really I, like I've never thought about it this way. I so like, it's super cool. So you have an oppressive nation eating another oppressive nation, uh-huh. leaving destroying the old oppression, right. judging good. it, good, good job. but replacing it with a new version of the same thing. Bad. That happens again and again and again and again, and then all of a sudden you come to Jesus. He's the King of Heaven. Mm-hmm. He's the King of the Kingdom of God. Unless we can take maybe take him out for a second as like the leader of an unrighteous Israel, sure, and just, yeah. just leave him as a new type of king, mm-hmm. leading a new type of people yep. who won't oppress people. Right. But he gets his thrown, disciples. His disciples. Yeah. He is thrown into that same system and is devoured by it, mm-hmm. but defeats it right. miraculously yes. on the cross. Now every other nation has used it for evil, but God doesn't. Right. Because his nation isn't based on oppression yes. but liberation right it's not based on slavery but freedom yeah it's not based on greed but generosity yeah i'm trying to think of more it, it, antonyms it just, it just breaks everything he breaks everything yeah and he and what's good is he does still come to judge this is the mm-hmm. end of the vision right? right this is the this is what's written on the on the sign mm-hmm. that's plain as day to see is that woe to the evil nations because one day they will be judged mm-hmm and that's only enough to write on a poster and be good motivation yeah, for yeah. mile 25. Right. Whenever it's Jesus will judge all evil mm-hmm. because what will he leave behind? A perfect kingdom of righteousness. Mm-hmm. And like that is a good enough, good enough news to fix the theodicy. Yeah. Yeah. So the righteous live by patiently enduring until the coming of Jesus. Yeah. Right. How can we be righteous today as Christians in a, confusing polluted world and church that even the nation sometimes rise up to judge we don't bail out we don't bail out we patiently endure until that coming day can we talk about all the different times that that phrase the righteous will live by faith yeah show up in the new testament let's do it so like that's i mean it's a really famous scripture for a reason because it's repeated over and over again throughout uh, the New Testament. And I don't know which one the first one would be chronologically. I guess Romans. Romans one seventeen mm. uh, is the first time it shows up in the New Testament. And here he says this. Romans one seventeen. I'll start in 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew and then to the Gentile. And I think that's interesting based on how Habakkuk worked out. Judgment came against Israel first before it came against Babylon. Right. Um, and then he says, For in this the gospel, the righteousness of God is, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Mm. Now, at first, I was like, man, that doesn't seem to be the patient enduring that I understood from Habakkuk. Hmm. But I continued to read Paul throughout Romans 1 and 2. In Romans 2, 9, he says this, 
for those that who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. Something about Israel. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew mm. and then for the Gentile. The good news that the righteous will live by faith, first for the Jew, then for the right. Gentile, is paralleled with judgment is coming, first for the Jew and yeah. then for the Gentile, which is the same p- thing that happens in the book of Habakkuk. Mm-hmm. Judgment comes for Israel first before it comes for Babylon. Yep. But justice comes, like the remnant, the righteous will live by faith in the promises of God for Israel and from them the whole world is saved. Mm. So do you see what I'm like? I, yeah. Do you see more there than I'm seeing? I'm like, these are more parallels than I realize we're in the Romans one no. section. I mean, I mean, yeah, but even the very next verse, uh, verse 18, right after, talks about the wrath of God being revealed from heaven. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, there's wrath and like evil being judged. Right. Right. And so how do you, how do you live righteous mm. in a world full of evil where evil's being judged by a righteous God? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where right, evil right. just keeps being judged by, like, it just keeps being judged. How do you how do you live in that kind of a world mm-hmm. through faith? Through faith, faith in what? That ultimately all that evil will go away. Yeah, and that in Jesus it has begun. Right, the day where His glory will cover the seas, mm-hmm. the kingdom that breaks the cycle has come. Right, and that is the gospel. Yes, right. That is the gospel. Is that Jesus is the righteous one who by faith mm-hmm. endured the cross. Yep. Right. Yes, He patiently endured he, the cross yes. so that. Yes. That is the power of the gospel. So in a sense, like, what is the power of the gospel for the Christian today? It's patient endurance in the midst of a world of chaos. Yeah. Like, that's good. That's the good news, Mm -hmm. is that Jesus is coming back to bring a perfect kingdom so you can endure anything this world can throw at you. Yeah. Like, that's just good news. This is the way Hebrews use it. Mm. Right before Hebrews 11, the Hall of Fame of Faith, where all these famous people have faith, right before it, Hebrews 11, the very last verses of Hebrews 10, quotes Habakkuk. And he says, you suffered all of this stuff, speaking to the, the, the Christians in Rome, and says, but the righteous will live by faith. So don't shrink back, um, even though you are destroyed, but have faith and be saved. And the next thing he says, now faith is what? Believing or ha- having confidence in something that you haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. What is that thing that they haven't seen yet? The coming kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah he, t- he says it's the city that we cannot see yet. Right, and then there's all these examples of promises God has made to people mm-hmm. that they believe, though having not seen it yet. They patiently endured a season of suffering yes. until the reality came to be. So like Sarai and Abraham. Right, they are the prototypical example of this. They be- Well, one, because in Genesis 15, yes. we're, sh- we're shown a covenant that is based on faith. Yep. But here, too, they patiently endured barrenness and infertility until the promised son came. Mm-hmm. He would be the promised son whose descendant would be the, the kingdom bringer. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So this, I mean, this is just an interesting way to think about faith for the Christian. Yeah. Is that faith is patient endurance until the day of Jesus's return. Mm-hmm. And you that's know? how we're, and that's how we're saved. That's yeah, how we live. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, uh, I think it's Romans eight will say that, by such faith you are saved Mm -hmm. and it's faith in what in the fact that god is jesus is coming back Mm -hmm. and that there is there is there is something tied up in our belief in the second coming of jesus Mm -hmm. and his destruction of all evil 
and his planting of a nation of eternal righteousness where the knowledge of him covers the world as waters cover the sea. There's something tied up in that truth and belief and trust and patient endurance for that truth that is the essence of Christian faith. Mm. Like, what does it mean to have faith? It means to believe that Jesus died for your sins, rose from the dead, and is bringing his kingdom. Mm-hmm. That a kingdom of righteousness is coming. Yeah. And I, it, it, we just don't yeah. talk about faith that way. Well, what it assumes is like, because he's like, the righteous will live by faith. Like, mm-hmm. What does he mean by live? You know, like, that's why I keep, oh, keep yeah, like, what, right. like, what, what is that? Why is that good news to Habakkuk? Oh, yeah. Right. Because how do you, I mean, how do you, how do, how do you even go on? Right. Whenever you're about to be swallowed up by an evil empire. And. How do I even live? How do I even go out and like buy bread? Just yeah. depressed. Everything's going down. Well, one thing that keeps striking me in all these examples is like the inevitability. Uh, you can't be a Christian without suffering is what it feels like. Yeah. You can't be a Christian without injustice and evil around you. Right. To be a follower of Jesus means to patiently endure with the chaos of injustice all around you mm-hmm. and to hope for it to end. Right. And so I'm thinking of that like the yeah. like you can't be a follower of Jesus without being in the context of injustice and evil and no. suffering. And that's because a follower of Jesus doesn't fall in line with the oppressors. Mhm. So where are you going to go? With the oppressed. Right. If you can't oppress others, you're going to be oppressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if you if you can't be evil, you're going to have to be good. And what do evil people do to good people? They exploit them, mm-hmm. take advantage of them, trample on them. Mm-hmm. And so since you can't as a disciple of Jesus be a part of Babylon, you are going to have to be a part yeah. of Habakkuk's remnant, right. waiting patiently for Babylon to wash over you, but so, having faith that there's hope on the other side. So do you think when Habakkuk says the righteous will live by faith, do you think he's talking about something beyond this life? Because the the idea of just patiently enduring mm. for a coming kingdom that they may never see even after death makes me believe that Habakkuk must have been thinking about life beyond his own life, right? I mean... I think this is a classic example of what might be called double fulfillment or or like a the the spirit meaning of the text cuz I don't know if Habakkuk was expecting some final resurrection maybe he was at this point I don't yeah. know we can't prove that but like uh I'm thinking of how how Paul uh interprets the word living um, that that uh, he says he talks about how uh, he, that God God is the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob. Well, they're they're the living, not the dead. You know, and he like yeah, goes yeah, on yeah. this big long tangent yeah, yeah, about yeah. it, and he just like uses that as a jumping off point to make a, a larger new covenant point. And I'm like, okay, if he can do that, I, I think, think we can do. It I here. think we can say that the point here is that though you die, mm-hmm. because you have patient endurance, faithfulness. In the second coming mm-hmm. of Jesus, you will live. Mm-hmm. The righteous will eternally live, resurrectingly live. Mm. Yeah, by faith. I'm also wondering if there's like the so like I think that's right. Mm. There is the righteous will live eternally. Yeah, by trusting that evil will end and Jesus is coming back. Yes, but I'm also wondering if like the righteous will live in the sense of like they will finally experience justice mm. um, by trusting that justice will come not by their hand. Right. That's that's part of it. Like Habakkuk wants God to enact justice and God says, okay, I'll enact justice at the hands of the Babylonians. Right. And so part of hoping is that trusting God can use the forces of Babylon and Hollywood mm-hmm. and China. Right. 
to actually undo the evil within our own churches. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. right. And we, and the righteous will live experiencing measure of justice. The righteous innocent will live. Oh, because we'll be able to see with Habakkuk's oracle. Yeah, that's that, a, yes. That like, oh, this isn't all bad whenever this, whenever the Me Too movement sweeps through churches and shuts them down. Right. It's actually kind of good because evil's been judged, although at great cost. At great cost, yeah. So they are living, they can go on living. Yeah, and we can live like vindicatedly. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like a life that's vindicated. Our yeah. innocence is vindicated in a sense. Right. Like Because we survive through it. We survive through yeah. it. And because we're the true people of God, not the abusers, not the oppressors. Yeah. They have been cleansed of the church and the church has been purified. Right. Right? Yes. I think it's really good. I think there might be a third meaning to live too. Yeah. Which is um, more practical. Like the way you live. Mm. You will live by faithfulness mm. you're going to you you hinted at it earlier you're going to act differently and treat people differently because you know jesus is coming back to judge evil like right. you're going to i mean like paul gets there you know he quotes this in, in in chapter one of romans and then by chapter uh 12 he gets to this point and he says justice is mine says the lord so therefore repay no one evil for evil mm. which is what we were just been talking about right, 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 right. in chapter 12 of romans he says mm. don't repay anyone evil for evil jesus broke the cycle don't continue it yes don't go back to habakkuk's time mm. whenever you needed babylon to judge israel because now jesus has broken the cycle and now he says justice is mine i will repay says the lord mm. and so therefore the way we treat other people who mean us harm and who do evil against us we no longer have to repay evil to them because we live by a different standard we live kingdom. knowing that the kingdom of God is coming. And so that changes the way that we functionally mm. live in this world. Of yeah. Evil. Yeah. That's a lot. <coughs> Bless you. Sorry. No, you're fine. You got choked up. I did get you choked up. I mean, what else? I mean, we're, we're running out of time. We're running out of time, but I think that is the book of Habakkuk. Okay. Habakkuk begins with an evil Israel. Mm-hmm. God promises to judge Israel's evil and oppression by sending Babylon. Mm. Habakkuk asks, why, why? why, God? How can you be good and do so? God says, I promise to destroy evil. Habakkuk says, well, then come soon and does it. And he does in Jesus. Yes. That's the story of Habakkuk. That's so beautiful. I really am surprised by this book. I was too. I was. I think that one of the things that first struck me by it was just the Bible's willingness to answer. Yeah. Ask the question. Mm-hmm. I think often I'm scared to ask questions like that. Okay, God, I'm going to stand here until you give me an answer of why you use evil things. Yeah. And the Bible answers. I don't have to do that as a skeptic. Right. The Bible does that within itself. Yes. You can do it as a faithful believer. As a faithful believer and as a way of coming by an additional book of scripture. Yes. Like like the question that plagues people has become its own scripture. Yes. Uh, yeah, one, one of the biggest threats to Christianity has been canonized. <laughs> right. Which is amazing. It's amazing. Uh, that's super cool. Okay, well, that's the book of Habakkuk or Habakkuk. Thank you for listening to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel creates short films, devotionals, and podcasts like this one. Everything we make is free because of generous supporters like you. To see our resources, visit SpokenGospel.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. See you next week.